newest fan um, shortly. And I know they have the most, uh, they have to have the most Instagrammable, Instagram photo-friendly food in the entire area. And I've never been, never been. But uh, my friend from the Blade, Mary Billu, will be on shortly. Let me give you a couple of things, including one final argument why my preferred seasons are better than yours. And uh, I will tell you that I grabbed a meme last night to share with my close friends. I'll put it on social. Never would I have imagined that I'd be sharing it with my new therapist on visit number two, which is what I did earlier today. And uh, she kind of agreed with me and said, you know, there was an experiment that did your little system. Yeah. Um, first, a couple of things. Let's uh, let's shout out some really, really, really good people. If we're talking about UT's punter, uh, something either horrific happened or something really, really good. Or like, yeah, hor- horrific. A gruesome injury. He got into a fight. Play, anything or something really good. It's really good in this case. Um, he is uh he's Melbourneian. He's from Australia. Um, we get a lot of Australians who come over uh, and play football here in college in the NFL, and they're great punters and kickers. He is their punter. By the way, it's a blackout this weekend as they face Western Michigan. Um, nothing but black, as in bad, losses lately for UT after such a great start and a great showing and a loss at Notre Dame. So, um, Bailey Flint was uh, volunteering at a local daycare called My First Day's Daycare. And look, this was in the Blade today, and it bugs me that um, more people, you know, this is one of my things. I am always encouraging you, although I shouldn't encourage you to go out and follow all the news sources because then you have less of a reason to listen to me. All right, never mind what I said, but this was in the Blade today. Great story. Let me credit the writer. Kyle Rowland did it. Kyle Rowland did it. Um, So Bailey the Punter, was volunteering at the daycare. Um, He can't make money because of the college rules and all that stuff. So what he did was he still wanted to make some money, hooked up with Jute Mode, and they made him a shirt with him punting his number 49. And hey, that's also kind of close to our zip code. The proceeds from the shirt go directly to My First Day's Daycare in Toledo, and a second shirt can be purchased at a discounted price and be donated to the daycare. Um... Daycare is one of what six or 16 hot button topics right now. You know, whenever we talk about this stuff, the social issues that are going on, it's uh, they're all interconnected, but oftentimes at the base of some of those problems is child care. I mean, no, no lie, for much of my 20s, I did not want kids because I knew how expensive they were to take care of. That's why I made sure I made no mistakes, Uh, both like interpersonally or sexually. Hi. Um, The next person who needs to be shouted out, this this is from, I don't know, it just says The Blade. So her name is Selena Lipscomb, and she's the owner and operator of The Sweet Seat. Um, which she described as a holistic women's health center in Toledo. A lot of times moms are in need and there's not really a lot of resources. And if there are, they really don't know about it. Um, She's happy that people are helping kids with back to school stuff. Um, But what she decided to do was organize a citywide baby shower. Uh, It's accepting donations from the community and will assist participating moms with birth and future motherhood. Uh, It's this Sunday from 1 to 4 at the Charles E. Sullivan Center at the Jesu. Did I say that right? church on Parkside Boulevard. Um, If this sounds like something you're interested in, there's a great picture of her with all the items that have been collected, diapers, baby oil, other things that I am very unfamiliar with. Um, Just look her up. Selena, S-E-L-I-N-A, Lipscomb, and The Sweet Seat. Um, This is the great thing about the podcast, by the way. Like, I don't have time to talk about all that stuff on the air. I got to be snappy. Quick, quick, quick. Selena Lipscomb, The Sweet Seat. Look her up. Blah, blah, blah. So we bring all the long-form content here. Hi. Hello. Um... You know about the uh, the night market happening at the Imagination Station. I just saw that Home Buys, Home Buys, yeah, I think it's called Home Buys, which looks like Burlington, Home Goods, Marshalls, the places that you go to often, uh, is now open at the old Anderson's location. I also saw, and I might have said this over the summer and just moved on from it, like I do with too many stories, because there is a lot going on. 
Cooper's Hawk Winery is coming to that location as well. You can look them up. Looks like a very prestigious winery. I mean, what winery looks like a dump or like a hole? There are no hole-in-the-wall wine bars, right? Like your corner bar. Is there a wine version of that? I don't think so. Um, So they'll be here soon. And... You know, I often go to bars, bars, public house. Right down the road is Urban Pine Winery. You see it on 475. I've not been, again, uh, I have, of all the things I drink, and I used to drink a lot of wine in my alcohol consumption. I, I opened up a really expensive bottle of wine not that long ago, and I was like, ew, this is nasty. No, I'm, I'm, I have no more wine taste buds. But I said they have a Wagyu burger. That's the really expensive, uh, I think it's Japanese beef, uh, like $100 for a pound or something. It's very expensive. And a lot of times it, the, the burger kinds that you get here are not real, but it's better than your average burger. So you've caught my attention. Perhaps I'll come there and not have wine, but I'll have your burger. Um, do you want the meme first or the weather thing? Let's end with the weather thing because that that's, that's big. Like Because you, now that it's warm days, cool, cold nights, although this morning we're still drying off and wringing ourselves out like sponges after the downpour today um we'll do uh we'll do fall and i will tell you why your season is not better than mine in a second with the assistance of a tweet from ross ellen uh first let me go to that meme so i i had an enjoyable second visit with the therapist today um i like her a lot um she is different than many people. And I say that in an extremely positive way. Uh, We were talking about like, they ask questions about everything in your life. Um, And a lot of the crux, I think, and I think she will deduce that my inability to be intimate with everything comes from my parents and their lack of intimacy. And she actually brought up um, she asked about my other experiences that I, I could have learned intimacy from and I had forgotten about that. My my grandfather and grandmother, my dad's parents were not intimate. My grandfather was the prototypical person of that era. He was the one that threatened me with the bell. Never hit me with it. Staunch, stern, rigid. I don't recall him smiling a lot. Um, great man. He loved art. He was a great human being, but I just didn't see, he wasn't very emotional. <laughs> Um, so I did not see he and my grandmother, Grammy W, embrace a lot. My other grandfather died when I was a year old. So I didn't see Grammy B be intimate with a lot of people. And I only have two uncles. I have no cousins. Um, so there you go. But we also got to talking about my relationships and how I do in them and how I may have evolved and what I'm attracted to. And um, there are many people who will say, I'm not going to judge you. Or they will tell you what you want to hear. And perhaps these are these could potentially be mental health professionals. Because remember, um, there is a spectrum of people in their caliber of work. This is scary to think about, but there are good doctors, there are great doctors, and there are awful doctors. Um, that's just the way it is. And, and maybe awful still means that you're getting quality care, but there are somebody has to be the be the worst. Same thing with pilots. And you just hope that you don't have the worst one. Um, she was great. And she had to correct my thinking because I always have to be careful with what I say because of social norms. And I'm not talking about like things that end in ism. Like I'm not being hateful by any means. But I was like, she said, what are you attracted to? I was like, uh, you know, I'm pretty superficial. She's like, ah, She's like, why do you think that? I was like, because of who I'm attracted to physically. She's like, what's superficial about that? I'm like, oh, and then it clicked. I'm like, oh, it's not. It's you and everybody else who says I'm superficial. And then I went on my mini tirade about how I think most people just settle for someone because they're tired of looking and they're happy enough and they can deal enough with this. And that's why there are so many breakups. There's a lot of reasons why there's a lot of breakups, but... She uh, confirmed some of my very esoteric thinking, so I appreciate that, and that's why I feel confident with the very large copay I'll be giving her to continue on. But it was ironic that we got to talking about 
physical attraction. And after all that, I did make my way to, whoa, whoa, whoa. with all that said, my, my, my tenant is, looks attract, everything else keeps you attractive, uh, attracted. And I have been on dates with people before who I was surprised that they, they said yes. Or I was like, wow, like I was in awe. Um, like their beauty stopped me in my tracks or a, a particular feature about them. It's like that person's out of my league. Um, and then I go out and I'm like, I want to leave right now because, you know, the soul doesn't connect. The intelligence doesn't connect. You know how I have that scale? We used to talk about this on the morning rush and they all didn't completely laugh or dismiss me, but like usually date within your number range. You usually, usually. And everything is relative. Like I explained to her today. Um, like I'm, if, if I went to LA, I would be far less attractive. You too. Um, there than I am here because you are relative to everything around you. That's an important thing to think about when it comes to happiness. Um, like I always used to say when some people would give me grief about me saying I battle weight issues and I believe that I do and it's not a in my head thing. Um, it's a thing thing. Um, and then I have, then I realized it's like, oh, I get it. I'm Toledo skinny. That's what it is. Look, it's totally fine. We eat a lot of chicken chunks here. And like a friend told me a long time ago when I moved here, I was like, what do, you, what do people do here for fun? They're like, they drink. Oh, and then I learned very quickly. Yes, drinking is a hobby here. And you know what people do here while they drink? They drink with drinking. So I get it. The bodies are a little bigger here than in Orlando or Dallas or LA, Phoenix. Totally fine. But you are you are what you are relative to what is around you. Maybe I'm a six here, six or seven. I'm probably like a four in LA. Um, anyway, my number system, whatever the number you are, wherever you are, you got, you're usually going to stay, you're usually going to wind up or be attracted to and vice versa, them to you within a number or two. So I'm just going to pull a number out. If you're a five, it's going to be tough for a 10 to be physically attracted to you. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible. Maybe you'll have a particular feature. But for the most part, when it comes to physical appearance, because again, I can't look at you and go, your soul speaks to me. Your looks speak to me. And then I see your soul, I'm like, oh God, you're total, you're a black hole of soullessness. And then you go from a 10 to a zero. I think I'm explaining this pretty well. So if you're a five, you're six, maybe four, um, probably not a three or two, seven, that's possible. Eight, okay. You're going to stay in that number range. She also brought up how there is, and there was, she told me that there were, there were research and studies that I guess worked on with prisoners. She said she'd passed it along to me, that there were scientific studies that, that did just that. I'm fascinated to look into them because it's something I, I am very devoted towards. Um, she also said that there's something with IQ with that. So let's say... Your IQ is 140. Similar to how if you were a 10, you might never be attracted physically to a 5. If your IQ is 140, it's very unlikely you're going to be be able to intellectually, psychologically, and emotionally, spiritually connect to a person with an IQ of 91. Yeah? Yeah. I'm, it's okay to say I'm right. Um, so, I... Uh, I ejected all the hot people, women, uh, the fitness influencers I first started to follow years ago when I first got on Instagram, like 2014, 2015, because I was still in my mid-30s and she asked me about some of my thoughts. She's like, what changed? I was like, I was 30 years old. She's like, okay, that explains it. Um, so now I don't follow anybody or anything that doesn't add something to my life. With a couple of sections, uh, uh, with a couple of exceptions, we all have our cheat days. So I have a cheat person, and I actually think she's like she's a super funny lady. Um, Post some funny memes, and for her being like the top percentile of human beauty, I would find it hard for anybody to not be attractive attracted to this woman, regardless of what your type is. 
Um, I don't think any person, man, woman, whoever would say no to her. She's a like a super kick-ass personality, or at least she has on Instagram. So I think I've given you an idea of what this person looks like. And then she posted a meme last night, and this is what I shared with the therapist. No offense, but literally nothing and no one is and will ever be out of your league. That's the key part, but I'll go on. Nothing is too good for you. Nobody has the right to make you feel like you aren't enough or less than you are. You deserve the world. All right, forget the the, the, the ensuing sentences. The first one, no offense, but literally nothing and no one is and will ever be out of your league. That's absolutely false. I already explained to you how people can be out of your league. Things can also be out of your league financially, professionally, but I'll keep it to this. And with the moment I read that, like this woman has 1.2 million followers. I'm fairly certain she has people of people of people who three days later probably check the thousands of DMs she gets of all kinds of horrific and maybe even complimentary and very nice. She ain't reading them. Um, but uh, yeah, that woman's not probably going to look at someone like me or others. And I, I, I said probably, not not a, not a completely hard no, but going back to the number scale, yes, indeed, some things and people are out of your league. And if it makes you feel any better, it probably doesn't. You're out of some other's league. As my kind therapist said today, it's very rare where you, and, and we know this, dating down, whether it's uh, superficially, how you look, or intellectually, as I already explained. So, um, she's on my level. We're in the same league together. We we are wired together, personality, character, and spiritually. She's a great woman, and I'm so glad to have her on once a month now. My friend, Food Maven Mary, from The Blade, food editor, Mary Bill you. Hold on one second. Mary, sit tight. I forgot to bring up the uh, the the weather thing. You know, I'll, I'll make this quick. You know, I like summer and spring much more than fall and winter. You're delighted that it's fall. Um, spring means things are anew. Uh, fall is fine, but it means winter is looming. Um, I never skidded out and got into a car accident because of heat on the ground, like ice and snow. I never tracked heat or humidity. Humidity is a pain in the butt, but you can manage it. I never tracked it into my house like I do snow and salt and ice and all that junk. Um, My car's air conditioning works quicker than my car's heating. And now I'll bring up Ross Ellett's tweet from this morning, and this is the definitive statement as to why spring and summer are better than fall and winter. This applies to all of humanity. What's something all of us absolutely need? And none of us are Superman. Who is powered by this? When does cloudy season typically arrive in Northwest Ohio? Right about now. You can see this is normally the time the number of sunny days falls off a cliff. That normal trend, unfortunately, matches our seven-day forecast. Not much sunshine for the next week or so. Obviously, there is less daylight this time of year because of what hemisphere we're in. It doesn't get light now till, or light until like after 7.30 in the morning. That'll change with daylight savings. Um, but we all need the sun. And there's more of it in the spring and summer. God, no one is like, look how much you complain about the end of December. We are like, oh my God, it's dark at 4.05 p.m. No one has ever woken up on January 4th and said, mm, oh God, it is gray and 28 today and I am just loving it. We all need the sun. Spring and fall, spring and summer are better. The end. Here's Mary. Hi there. Thank you always, always, always for welcoming me here. I always have such a good time chatting with you. Um, and me the same with you. I do not. I only have a couple of things to, to one thing to run by you that you don't know about. So we can have an open forum. But I let we could spend 20 minutes or more talking about your latest cheap eats. I have never been to Odd Fodder. I do dirty things in front of my screens to their pictures. Um, have you had you ever food porn at its greatest? Have, oh, my God. Like the peak of food porn. Have you have you ever been there before? I had not. Um, however, Scott Bowman, the odor, the owner and creative genius behind it, had been one of the original owners of Fowl and Fodder. Yeah. And and so I had been at the original location out on Central. I've been to the one downtown. 
Uh, he's broken away from that and now has Odd Fodder. Um, but you know, you get a pass for not having been to Odd Fodder because this is this week is only their second anniversary, and we've spent most of the last two years, you know, hunkering down and hibernating here. So yes, they were doing uh, drive-through, and you could do pickups, and now they're doing dine-in. Uh, but but if you don't live in Perrysburg or near there, it you know you could be forgiven for not directly going down there just to get say the chicken sandwich or the shake. Although it is so worth going down there just for the chicken sandwich or the shake. The food was amazing. Scott is just such a sweetheart, so nice. Uh, I wish them all success and far more than just two years. Um, you're right. It, like it's not easy. There are certain places like downtown and that spot in Perrysburg that are difficult for me to get to, but they are right mm -hmm. off um, 75. So not too hard to get to if you're doing like 75 north or south. So let me yeah, ask it's you directly across from from Walt Churchill's. Yep. So if you're going there for anything, it's 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 easy to stop by and get lunch. Let me ask you this. Um, I, I am reticent to ever crown anything or anyone especially knowing you know like I can't say this is the best pizza I mean I will maybe but it's hard to crown something because we haven't had everything I I will take a small leap and say they have the most the the most Instagram friendly food in the area if they don't I don't know who <laughs> does now there are a lot of contenders and you and I will probably both hear about it from people you know loading us up with with the gorgeous pictures i mean i i think of places like fallon fodder i think of of kangos i mean there are there are so many places that that do not only amazing food in terms of quality and taste which are my primary criteria but also that absolutely do food that belongs on social media but really really scott and the folks at odd fodder have really kicked that up the proverbial notch i mean they have shakes that have i mean i i when we were there last week I literally saw them making a strawberry shake that had like cookies and candies and an entire good humor strawberry shortcake bar sticking out of it. I mean, it was like 15 desserts in one, all piled into that one cup. It was amazing. So I'm going to guess like when you put all those great foods in one spot, I mean, it's one thing to take a picture, um, mm -hmm. but I'm guessing it, the taste lives up to that picture. And that's where you and Cheap Eats come to play and from, from the piece the other day. I can personally vouch for <laughs> pumpkin cheesecake shake. The shake was like the richest, creamiest shake. Um, Phil conveniently edited out the the part where my cheeks are sucking in, trying to suck the shake up the straw. It was so thick. It's really like like you know the the Wendy's Frosties where you you need a spoon. It was it was thicker than that. Um, and but it was so good like you got hits of vanilla and you got hits of caramel with this just beautiful luxurious creaminess um and and then there was the the cheesecake itself that had you know hits of of the you know like the tartness that you get from the cream cheese in the cheesecake but little bits of spice and sweetness i mean and it all just works but it's you know I, as i put in the i think i put in the um in the text that it's almost like those old-fashioned dates where you know people would go to the malt shop and you would share a shake. Like this is yeah, you would kill yourself if you tried to, <laughs> to eat the whole thing. But like this one could pick off the ice cream bar, and that one might pick off some of the candies, and this one might pick off the cookies, and you could you could share the the shake. I mean, this is this is sort of communal food with somebody you love. I like I like the way you put that because I remember like I like happy days kind of thing. Exactly. Um, and there was a place where I was growing up called Nifty Fifties. It was like a throwback burger and shake kind of place. And and this is the modern version of that. Do do they do yeah. more than decadent desserts? I I have never even oh, looked yeah. at the menu. I just stare at the food pictures. <laughs> it's a it's a short menu because they they do a few things and they do them beautifully i can't even just say they do them well they do them amazingly so there are a lot of different there's like maybe a half dozen different kinds of shakes and then they have seasonal ones like that pumpkin cheesecake one then um they have chicken nuggets in a different uh variety so we got uh the chicken strip nuggets on top of mac and cheese they have them in waffle cones so they're sort of totable and and you can hang onto the cone and and eat them that uh, they have, they have several chicken sandwiches. The one is a wrap, and then they have the the the, the funky chicken sandwich on a bun or whatever it was that, that we got, which was hot, 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 but not like like Thai 
five hot, you know, where like you're, or, you know, where you're, you, you can't taste the rest of the bites. It was hot enough to say, whoa, that was, that was entertaining. And, you know, your whole tongue is tingling and you, you, you know, a little steam is thinking about coming out of your ears. But it was one of those craveable things like, oh, that was not only delicious, but it was fun. Like you get both the taste and the experience and you want to go back for more and more and more. But you got to make sure you get one of those shakes to help cool it off between bites. How's that? I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed at myself. And, and you say two years, COVID, and, but I've seen enough that would draw me to it. It's just my mm-hmm. laziness and uh, the slight inconvenience of where, where I am compared to it. But I saw that. That's and- it exactly. Like it's a convenient location in terms of being like right on Dixie Highway, right across from Churchill's, right near the freeway. But you kind of have to be going in that direction. You have to be down there. But mm-hmm. truth be told, it is it is worth the trip just for the sandwich and the shake. From the food expert. Um, yeah. Speaking of convenience, I know we, we talked about this before, but I have now been to, it's I think it's been my third time mm-hmm. since I've rediscovered Fridays. And uh, I have not been so bold as to dive into the cotton candy Cosmo. Um, but they, they do have a a pumpkin spice latte martini. I didn't get it because I'm not a big, but you know what? For being like Fridays, Applebee's, Ruby Tuesdays, you know, all those restaurants, like, and it's never that busy because there's only one and it's kind of off the, it's not even off the beaten path. It's on airport. Um, but not a lot of advertising, but I'm, I'm super impressed by like what, uh, by a restaurant that really kind of peaked in the 90s still offers yeah. a good food experience. Well, that's good. That's important because, you know, as much as, as I I promote, you know, the, the small places, the locally owned places, like each year when we would do gift guides um, and I would, I would promote cookbooks, I would always say, go to this website to find your closest indie bookstore rather than supporting any of the others. Um, at the same time, those larger places, those chains, those franchises are not only hiring local people, so it is still important to support them, but, but you know, they, they're also bringing money into the city. They're, they're, and they're, they're showing us their, their support and their beliefs in us. Like Williams-Sonoma left the mall a couple of years ago. and and. Yes, they had very high-priced things. They had beautiful things. It wasn't the kind of place where the average person was going to go shopping for, for dishes or cookware. But, but leaving was almost sort of like, like, like ending a relationship. Like they didn't believe in us anymore. They didn't want to be with us anymore. And, um, and so places like Fridays then, yeah, it, it is important to support them still. And it's good to know that they're they're not just you know riding on thirty year old coattails, but they're still they're still keeping up the quality, and they really care. That's good to know. Yep. Um, what have you done or eaten or tried um, since we last? Oh, you want to talk about your candy corn pudding? <laughs> yes, I took your challenge and I veered off the beaten path. And I, I have a Halloween recipe for October 31st. Yes, I do. It wasn't the candy corn martini. And I didn't challenge you, but I would, de- I would definitely say that Sarah Elms might have provoked you a little bit. Because <laughs> um, she's all about this stuff. And she's my candy corn partner in crime. But so so yes. no, no candy corn martini. No. Yeah, that's basically. Well, the- I had thought that you were coming up with a cocktail. And so I thought there was a challenge. Maybe I misunderstood it and ran completely in a different direction off that beaten path. Um, that I was supposed to, to, to come up with my own kind of cocktail. And then it sort of evolved into jello shots, which is, you know, sort of bouncy booze, which is kind of fun. And I couldn't get the jello shots to set quite the way I wanted. I thought I had the recipe all set and then I made them for one final round to get pictures and they just weren't working out. And so that's where I went with pudding. Okay. It's Pudding strikes me as kind of hard. I, I, I mean, I ate pudding as a kid, not so much as an adult. Um, mm-hmm. How? Tell me about pudding in 2021. <laughs> I think pudding is is a classic. I don't know that that I've seen it on Instagram, but it's easy to make. And and don't we all need comfort food? And does it get any better than pudding? It's smooth. It's creamy. It's it's not going to challenge you. It's just it's just a little spoonful of comfort. 
So your recipe, w- w- was it alcoholic at all? Yes, there is some booze Oh, good. In. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> I would not want to disappoint you. Um, well, not me. Not me. I just see everybody stumbling, stumbling around the Blade newsroom and poor Sarah, like, climbing all over the walls, throwing candy corn at the candy corn haters. I know. And she was, she was out of town when I, when I brought in a few samples for, for tasting. So I'll have, to, I'll have to make another batch. So what I, I did is instead of taking the... The, the, the classic candy corn, you know, the, the yellow, orange, white. Um, I decided I would go with the, the, what we always grew up calling Indian corn, which I don't think is an appropriate name, and so I'm gonna call it chocolate candy corn. So my pudding has a chocolate base, and I used bittersweet chocolate to help counter some of that sweetness. And then there's an orange layer where I made my own candy corn vodka, which all you do is, you know, pour some candy corn in a jar, pour some vodka over it and let it sit for a little bit. And then I just topped it with foot cream and a little candy garnish. And it's very easy. Making pudding, um, God knows I've eaten enough of Jell-O instant pudding. I I, I won't diss the, the Jell-O pudding, but it's so easy to make homemade pudding. You take some cornstarch and some water and, and you stir it up until it's thick and you're cooking it. Then you add some milk or some half and half. You add your flavorings and then you just stir it until it thickens and that's it. It's so simple and it's so good. Is all of this in the Sunday paper? It will be in the Halloween edition of the book. Got it. Okay. October 31st. Awesome. So the recipe and the pictures and everything. I've held back from posting them because you got to do your thing for work. But uh, you're in for a, a delicious looking surprise. And well, you could post them as teasers and uh, say, hey, yes, check yeah. out the blade on the 31st. Um, the, did you use just regular vodka to infuse the, to make the candy corn vodka? Yeah. Uh, plain, plain old cheap vodka and, and the Brock's candy corn. And then I used chocolate liqueur in the chocolate pudding layer. When I uh, when I say those recipes, the all the different the vodka they're so different. They're all disparate in different ways. Um, I think when I infuse the vodka, I think I've had the best success with like cake flavored vodka, or maybe at, mm-hmm. at the worst like vanilla vodka. And yeah, you could use vanilla vodka to add just a little a little extra oomph of flavor. Um, I use the plain vodka. Um, and let it soak overnight. But since the recipe is going up on the 31st, you would want to use the vanilla so that you could expedite and still have the, the pudding ready for that night. I When I've infused the vodka the last couple of years, I do it over like at, at least a day, definitely an overnight. I let it sit um, and just, I watch the creation of perfection. It must've been like when, not that I'm religious, but when God created man and woman, that's what I watched yeah. that, that mason jar like. There you go, that's right. Um, what else do you have lined up for that Halloween edition or any other Halloween treats or trick-or-treating or any candy stuff for Halloween? Trick-or-treating is so disappointing here, unfortunately. Uh, when I lived in Ann Arbor, I was in a condo complex and there were so many kids and I love to see the, the little ones who are upright, but they still don't have any clue what's going on. So the parents, you know, dressed them up and put a bag in front of them and they just stand there looking at you and they're just adorable. Uh, but they have no idea what's going on. Um, but I live on a street where there's a house next to me, and then there's, there's um, it's not a, a cul-de-sac, but the, the street ends and sort of turns back around again. So that's sort of a natural turnaround, and the kids kind of come up to the house next to me, and then they go back down the street. We've had one pair of trick-or-treaters in the almost eight years I've lived here. It's different. So I buy candy just in case, because I was heartbroken, the one time kids showed up because I thought, well, why am I buying candy? I'm just going to eat it. Nobody's showing up. And lo and behold, two little kids showed up. So I will buy something just so I'm ready. I don't want to be unprepared again. And it's like, what you kind eat, of candy do you buy to give out? You or know, do you not get trick-or-treaters? So when I was living downtown, there was no mm-hmm. need to trick-or-treat. Nobody can get into my building. The last couple yeah. of years when I've been been doing the morning show i was in bed early um so this year i intend as long as the weather is decent enough i'll sit outside and hand out some candy because there's a good handful of kids in my neighborhood and i i think they're probably out there trick-or-treating because it's certainly different from when it used to be for a variety of reasons one of which there might be more trunk or treats than there are actual kids trick-or-treating which is a a wild thing like i think we've definitely hit the overflowing point of of trunk or treats so many yeah 
Yeah, definitely. Like now, what kind of candy do you like to hand out? Whether you're going to do it outside, or whether you go to a truck or treat, or or all of the above. Oh, I do good stuff because I never have to buy big quantities of candy, so I'll get the good stuff, like Three Musketeers, Reese's stuff, M and M's. No, not the the. Uh, the $5 bag of candy with like a hundred pieces and it's like knockoff Smarties and other unlabeled yeah. things. Do you get full size or the, the little Halloween? Oh, size? I don't do full size. They're, no. they're, they're still kids. They you need to be the hero of the neighborhood. Yeah, I know. But uh, this, <laughs> I don't live in Sylvania. I don't live in Perrysburg and these kids need to, to learn that uh, not everything is going to be a big bar in life. Okay. All right. So, Just... um, back to kind of like odd fodder stuff. Did you yes. see that uh, Ed from the Blarney is opening another place? I did. I did. Good for him. He's such a nice guy. Uh, such a nice guy. Did and you, the food at all his places is always so good. It really is. If you don't know, he owns the Blarney and Fakashas. Uh, yeah. Obviously, lots of upgrades to Fakashas in the last year or so. Uh, downtown, more of a deli bar night out kind of place than it was just the, the lunchtime deli before on Summit. Um, did I, did you see the pictures of his big announcement on Facebook? I did, and I know that there was a connection to you, so I'm going to let you share that news. It's my living room. It was kind of <laughs> weird to see. There was, uh, when I left, uh, a, a couple of women were, were living in there, and uh, then they left, and they said that, that Ed moved in. I was like, well, that's good. That's good. And I even DM'd him on Twitter, but I don't think he checks them. But yeah, I saw, I was very excited to see because I had heard for a long time that there was a Nettie's coming or some kind of ice cream shop and now it's like a combination of both. Yeah. Um, and then I saw my old living room and I'm like, good. I mean, couldn't could be, couldn't be a good, a better person to live in a place where I lived for a long time and I'm glad that he'll have a very short walk to work, which... Uh, it's, got a, it's got a good spirit and it's and it's right close. And, it, you know, it's another way of, of his investing in downtown. And, yeah. and supporting it and encouraging it, it as it's as it's coming back and thriving. And maybe more than anything, at least from what I can recall or what I saw publicly, when things were shut down, there were restrictions and protocols. I recall at least the quotes public with him. He was making the best of it. There was no whining or anything like that. Right. So um, and they lost, you know, especially with with the um, the dine in shutdowns having come last March, not this past March, but the one before. Um, you know, St. Patty's Day at the Blarney is is probably the biggest day of the whole year, and they lost out on that. So you're, you're right, though. He, he didn't complain. They just, they, they did what they could, and they made up for it this year, and and I applaud them. I applaud them. He's, he's got real, he's got great spirit. He's, he's such a tremendous person to have here in Toledo. I have a food thing to run by you, and then we can uh, we can do a potpourri of stuff. Um, okay, because I, I got a list. Usually, oh, I forget my list. And oh, good, I good. A list today. Did you have you been on Instagram today? No, I have not because I'm I'm afraid of bake off spoilers. Okay, so all right. From Tuesday to Friday, I am I am not on anything. All right, so this so the, the you don't know what what's coming at you right now. So uh, years ago, when I got hip to the the bon, is it pronounced Bonza B A N Z A the chickpea stuff. I think so, yeah. Okay, so I got hit to that. And the That's bon how I would say it. The bonza pasta. Um, a little bit more protein, a little bit more filling than your average pasta. Um, mm -hmm. But I've never had success with it. Like, it is very challenging uh, to make it al dente because that thing will boil over. Like, you're not dealing with regular pasta, so it can be finicky. No. Um, but I bought, uh, this time they make rice. Rice made from chickpeas. And I've made it a couple oh. of times this week. And yeah. it has been absolutely delicious. I would say that it, the texture is like a combination between uh, regular like white pasta and rice. And the texture is delicious. The taste is delicious. So now I'm going to just keep buying lots of bonza rice. That is so cool. So then what do you serve on it? Uh, so this week I was a little short on groceries. So all I did was, uh, I al dente that up and put some carrots and broccoli in a pan, threw some pre-made chicken in that I'd cooked earlier in the day and then put that stuff over the, uh, over the rice. Oh, wow. Okay. That sounds good. You're getting your protein, your vegetables. Yep. I, I don't have to. That's uh, a great meal. I don't have to uh, impress a, a Craig in my life, so <laughs> I can be pretty simple until I get to the grocery store. How often do you go grocery shopping? 
once a week, or I'm more like my mom, um, and I go uh, uh, several times a week. Uh, I'm fortunate that Monette's is close to work. So, like, Monday morning after the gym, I went and picked up a bunch of Kroger stuff, like chicken to make for a couple of weeks, um, one, uh, a bunch of frozen fruits, which I use for my protein shakes, and a couple other things here and there. And then I think Tuesday, before work, I ran over to Monette's and got all my fruits and vegetables for the week. And I'll... You know, stop in Target here, there to grab if I need peanut butter or things like that. So that's usually my shopping. Yeah, never be out of peanut butter. Never. 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 Um, what we never talked about this for what? How do you food shop? Um, I tend to go once a week, but I would say it's it's a minimum of once a week. Of course, I grew up in New York, and you know there was there were the small markets, there was the green grocer, there was the grocery store, which does not begin to compare to the kinds of huge grocery stores we have here. Um, so you would go like every day or every other day to just sort of it was on your way home. You would pick up what you needed. Um, here, with no grocery stores near me, like the closest one is five miles away, um, it, and. It, it's easier to just get everything that I need to sort of plan for the week. And then, too, I'm also shopping for the blade because I do all the food prep and the, and the, the styling for the pictures that are on the, the food pages. And rather than going every, getting in my car and driving, you know, 10 miles round trip every day to get this that I need for dinner, that that I need for the blade, I just, I just find it's easier to, great, to bring a great big uh, list with me. Um, but I love if I'm going by like the smaller markets, um, say Sofos or, or Tiger Bakery or the Middle East market, and I know I'm forgetting a lot of them, um, to, to stop in and get like specialty items that I can put in the freezer or keep in the pantry and still have, have ready. Yep. It's just, it's more a matter of convenience and time than anything. Yeah, I, I do that as well. Like I'll pop to the, lately I've been going maybe once every couple of weeks to the Churchills in Maumee because mm-hmm. they have stuff there that I can't get anywhere else. I'll, I don't go to first time as much anymore and I'll pop into those smaller markets like you as well. And, and the thing I'm usually looking for uh, is, uh, I always make it a point to go down the Mexican aisle because I'm always looking for different kinds of salsas. Oh, Okay. And you go to the farmer's market because there are several vendors who have salsa at the farmer's markets. I have not been to the farmer's market since oh, I left you, downtown. You got to do that. Yeah. And I was an idiot. Even when I lived downtown and I should have scheduled how and what I make so that I could go shopping Saturday morning. I never did that. I was always fully stocked going into Saturday morning. So I never needed to go over there and fill up a bag for $7. Right, and see, I love going down to the farmer's market when I when I have the opportunity. Um, you know, I know half the people there, so, you know, I, I, I'm checking in with my friends, you know, buying all kinds of treats, and they're all locally produced treats, so they're wonderful. You know, the fresh vegetables, the fresh foods, it's it's amazing. But again, time is, is often not my friend, so maybe sometimes it's easier to stop at a farm, farm market or farm stand than it is to go down and see all the different vendors. Yep. Um, what's on your list? You posted pictures of the cutest, cutest, cutest puppy, Rosie, this morning. Tell mm-hmm. me about Rosie. I have fallen in love. She's uh, she's over at the Toledo Animal Rescue. She is two months old. Oh, um, an older an older woman had adopted her because mm-hmm. her dog had just passed away, so she rushed out to, to fill that void. Then she realized that a puppy was a little bit too much because um, Rosie was doing puppy things. And she's four pounds, so she can't be that struck. <laughs> Um, but she'll grow into it uh, yeah well I mean in a sense she will she will be like 33% larger than she is now she'll probably make it up to 6 pounds when she's fully grown but um, she doesn't weigh enough right now to get spayed but she'll get spayed soon and then she'll be up for adoption and she was a sweetheart and she was super smart because she was adorable she's with uh, Michaela who works over at the Toledo Animal Rescue who Faith was living with until they found someone to adopt her and uh, 
Oh, well, Rosie's in good hands then. Yeah, yeah. She likes her squeaky toys. She comes to her squeaky toys. She, she kind of knows some basic commands. Um, tries to sit or give pause a little bit, but she's just an excitable puppy. And she seems to be on the right track to potty training because she ran away from me for a second. She went over and squatted on her pee pad and then came back over to get squeaked at. What a smart girl. Good yeah. girl, Rosie. Yeah, so of course I'm like, should I do it? And actually, I think she's... Everybody, so many people are always looking for a dog that can go in a very small apartment. I, I mean, that that was seemingly a thing for quite some time. And Rosie would be the perfect dog for that if a place allows pets. Because I would be worried that she'd get lost where I live or couldn't get up the stairs. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And you have to think in those terms, you know, how is she going to be now? How is she going to be as she grows and grows up? So you know, knowing that she's going to stay small, that is that is a big selling point for some people, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, unlike Faith, she has no impairments. And uh, yeah, but Faith is doing, is she's doing really well with Mo from the sub shop. Good, um, that was my next question. Yeah, Faith, uh, Faith is a little sister to Pepper Steak and Pepper Steak oh, loves it. What I, uh, I think I heard or saw Mo say that like she can't take them to the dog park at the same time because Pepper Steak is so protective of Faith. So oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, when when I first saw Mo either posting or sending me pictures, like you could see that those two had bonded so quickly. Yeah, they formed a nice sistership. Oh, oh, see, that's 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 what you want. That's yeah, what you want for Faith. I mean, because I know you you were so active in in promoting her and wanting her to find the right home, and it took some time, but it was important that she found this home. Yeah, you could say that I bullied Mo into it. Um, <laughs> Bullied, shamed, I, guilted. I mean, Mo, Mo's, Mo's a strong-willed woman. I don't think you're bullying her. Again. I know. <laughs> well, I might. I mean, I know her soft spots, and and they're animals. So yeah. Uh, and I and uh, Steve from the Toledo Animal Rescue had gone over there yesterday morning to get food for his crew, and uh, he gave me one half of his sandwich. So I had some some sub shop food yesterday, and oh, I forgot cool. how forgot how good her stuff is. Again, another spot that is inconvenient for me to get to, but mm-hmm. I absolutely adore. Yes, definitely. That's one problem I have, you know, because I do so much cooking and so much baking for the food pages. And and then we also have, you know, in addition to the to the weekly pages, we have the monthly dinner for one recipes. And then every other week there's a cheap eats. So I go to all these amazing places, but, you know, there's there. It's so difficult to get back to any of them because there's always another food story. There's always another Cheap Eats. And and that's another one. We did Cheap Eats at, at the sub shop and I have not had a chance to get back. Of course, I spent a year and a half you know, working from home instead of going downtown. Um, but there's just, there's so many good places to eat here. We just, we have to make a, a bigger effort, a harder, a, a, you know, make more of an effort. That's what I'm trying to say. Would you, <laughs> is this, a, is what I'm about to say a product of just the social media era and, and, and news in general? Like the world is not worse than it's ever been, pandemic aside. It's actually much better than it's been in a long time. You just have more places telling you a lot of the bad things. Are are we at like the zenith of food quality for, and if, quality and quantity in the sense that there are so many, to your point, so there are too many incredible places to eat, even right here in our area. Yes, which is a good thing because we have something for everybody. And we have, we have so many people, you know, not only do we have, as I said before, with regard to Fridays, not only do we have so many chains and franchises showing us love and, and supporting us and investing in our community, but we have so many creative, talented people opening up their own smaller places. And we've got such a wealth of, of cuisines. We've got um, food trucks offering all different kinds of things. We've got African food, we've got Caribbean food. Um, we've got the festivals that are little by little starting to come back or they're at least having uh, drive-through dinners. We have, we have almost the entire world's worth of cuisines here, right here in Toledo. I maintain always, I've maintained since I got here and I continue to fight for it, that we, we are a completely underrated food town because all the cities around, Ann Arbor, Detroit, 
you know, Columbus, Cleveland, they're all sucking up the oxygen. And we need, we need to, you know, jump up like the Who's, you know, we are here, we are here, we are here, we are here. Can I, can I counter with this, though? Well, I'm not discounting the fact that we have a great food scene here. Mm-hmm. If you were to move to Ann Arbor, and, and Detroit is obviously much more sizable, so you're going to have more quantity and places to go, but you could be overwhelmed coming from Toledo to those places because if we're this good, those metropolitan areas have that much more to offer. They do. They absolutely do. Um I, I, I can't deny that, but I just I just I think that more people need to be paying attention to us. Like I hear all the time, you know, about people going up to Ann Arbor and and not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I lived there for thirty five years, but but you know, you don't need to go up to Ann Arbor for lunch. We've got how many great places here. Or if they say they're going up to Ann Arbor, they're going up to Zingerman's. Nothing against Zingerman's. Zingerman's you know, believe so firmly in in the quality of its food and its mission, and and they've 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 invested so deeply in Ann Arbor, and they haven't expanded their empire around the globe. They you know they're they're clearly focused on their Ann Arbor market, but there's also so much, like we were just saying, so many other things to to try up there. Branch out a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, let me throw a, a bit of a, a, a social question at you that that. It's in your realm, but it's something that it's in everybody's realm these days. Uh, mm-hmm. Why are restaurants having a hard time finding people? And the second part of that is, um, why has call-off culture become so pervasive? I get it when you've got a lousy boss, like my friend Steve at the Toledo Animal Rescue. He got a no-call, no-show. And he is a great guy. Like I get it if you're going to no-call, no-show and leave forever with a crappy restaurant boss. But good people? So, I know, two-part question there. Um, well, even if you've got a, a crappy boss, we'll start with the second one first. Um, I, I don't, I don't condone the, you know, the, the, the don't call, don't show, just, just leave. I mean, just because somebody has been bad doesn't mean you need to stoop to that, um, unprofessional level. You should still say, you know, I'm going wherever, um, Tomorrow's my last day today, if you just assume I left now. Um, but but you have to have personal integrity. So you should still call in if you're sick. You should still, uh, you know, say that, that you're leaving and, you know, try to explain why you're leaving. See if maybe it can make some difference. Some places it will, some places it won't. Um, restaurant work. Restaurant work is so hard. It's so hard. I was a waitress for like three hours one day at a little tea shop years ago and and keeping track of who needed this and who needed that and who was interrupting my train of thought and and trying to be great it, it is so hard front of the house it is so hard trying to process orders coordinate everything in the back of the house um right now we've got supply issues so menus are are you know iffy and difficult to to coordinate uh they may not have your your you know your favorite dish that you always order i mean there are so many things going on right now um and a lot of people have been saying oh well you know you're just paying people to just sit on their butts and of course they don't want to work and and that makes me so angry because um and this is not just for restaurants at this point this is you know all the places that are saying we can't get enough workers we can't get enough workers are are you paying them a living wage where they can they can even get say a two-bedroom apartment if they've got a, a kid or a couple of kids um are are you what about health care so if if you're going back to work but you're leaving behind say the medical benefits that you got while you were unemployed and your kids are in school, maybe depending upon the the school system. Um, and of course, there are so many days off, and there are vacations. What are you doing about childcare? There, are, there are all these other considerations that that enable people to be able to go to work. It's not just oh, I just want to sit on my butt watching soap operas, you know, eating bonbons, and having the state pay me to do it. There, there are so many other factors involved that make it difficult for people to be able to, to go to work right now. What if they have 
you know, think of the number of people who got COVID, and that's not even considering all the other people who might need family care. Um, just think about the people who had COVID and, and, and the long-term effects of COVID and who might still need some caretaking or caregiving. You think of people, you know, in my generation, this, um, this sandwich generation where you've got elderly parents to care for, you've got, you know, kids to, to take care of, maybe your kids have moved home. Um, there's, um, there's a term that I've heard called the club sandwich, where you've got adults who have siblings with disabilities and they need to be able to take care of them, which has gotten much more difficult during the pandemic as they've not been allowed to, to, to visit. And there are just so many complications to just completely dismiss why people are not going to work and it's difficult to hire and then blaming the workers instead of looking at this very complex scenario it just it makes me really angry there are there are people who would love to work but circumstances are against them yeah have i have i ranted long <laughs> no you're fine you're fine i, I don't like people who say the, the like you said, the low-hanging fruit. They just want to sit at home. Well, you would want to do that too. Um, no one actually wants to work, but it's it's part of life. The the only I there are lots of reasons. Like with mm-hmm. most things, but especially during the pandemic, what's the answer? Well, it's a lot of it's a lot of reasons, and you listed most of them. The only so thing the only thing that I I contend with a little bit, and and I think there's a there's a gap somewhere. Um, maybe this is just very my generation of me, but you're older than me, so you can relate to this. I don't expect certain jobs, and I think it's most of the ones that many people are lamenting to necessarily pay a livable wage and certainly not benefits. Um, Like fast food jobs or retail. Like some of these, at least when, when we were young adults, and I truly mean both of us, like those were like 15, 20, 25 an hour a week jobs for people you did after school. Um, they were your first job. And maybe somebody decided to take it all the way through management because that was their way to go. And yeah, now it's... You could work your way up. If you chose to do that. If not, you, you know, you did it in between the books and school and whatever as a part-time job. Like I worked at the skating rink and whatever mm-hmm. not. And, and I get it. The the economics of the world are vastly different from when we were growing up. Yeah. I just don't. And, and this isn't a matter of like, um, well, if you raise wages, the prices are going to have to go up. That's That's kind of been disputed that that's not exactly an equal scale. I just don't see... Um, like McDonald's or re- and again, restaurant, retail, paying, mm-hmm. what do you need? $45,000 a year in benefits? Like that's just not that kind of work or nor should it be in the society I think we're trying to build because again, it's really just a job and that's career money, especially when it comes to health insurance and benefits. Like there are probably some people would say, look, you can pay me 12 grand, but take it, give me good premiums and people would take it because of the outrageous cost of health care these days well see then i would i would say then that um that it's that we should be we should be providing more of a, a scandinavian social model and economic model than um why why does every other industrialized country subsidize child care to to the point of you know thousands as opposed to like i think i read just recently like five hundred dollars a year you know that 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 may cover you know a month or even a week of childcare. you know my kid is 30 so it's been a while since i've had to look into the cost of childcare. um but it's, it's astronomical it's a your rent is a huge portion of your salary your your child care is a huge portion of your salary your you know if you have access to to health care you know your premiums are a huge portion well you know how many different ways can you divide this up whereas you know people say well i don't want to pay higher taxes you know and for for health care or for child care or whatever but what they don't understand is that you would be trading those health care premiums and those child care you know payments and, and if you invested in the society and the economy and then people would benefit, well, guess what? They would, they would have their health care covered. They could go to a job that maybe is just starting out and might have to start paying you less. But, but you could do that because that's where your talents and your skills and your interests lie instead of always having to look at, at only the dollars and cents and whether you can pay your rent and whether your kid has health care. You're right. There should be for a long time, and and I'm not a uh, 
I don't wave any kind of socialist flag. Um, I don't rant against capitalism, but with how unrestrained it has become and how mm-hmm. greedy we have put ourselves in this problem, and it's it's caused us to take sides. Um, and I'm I'm glad that I'm not in any kind of desperate or dire situation, but I am truly one of the minority, and we have seen that play out over the last now heading to 19 months for all the the reasons that you put out there because we decided to profiteer with health care and child care and right. and consumerism and now everything costs so much and people uh, are hurting yeah people, people are hurting while while you know billionaires are are taking vanity trips to space if, people are losing their homes they're losing their kids they're yep. losing their lives um i think a lot of the one thing that neither of us had mentioned um but, but we alluded to in, in the discourse um, a lot of people, I think, who would like a livable wage, um, they're people who graduate college and yes. they have in maybe an insurmountable, an insurmountable amount of debt that they've got to start digging into for a degree that may or may not be worth what they initially had hoped for. So I can see why they want a livable wage to pay some of that debt. Exactly. Another place that has just been so greedy because I, what was I think when I went to uh, when I was in school back in my day I think Temple University was like five grand a semester for an in-state student maybe yeah. total it would have been fifty grand for the total education I think Temple University which is a good public university it's not Ivy League yeah. but it's a good school oh, and it's a very good school I think it's like twenty five grand a semester now. Um, and, and I think I'm glad now that kids are seeing that they don't have to go to college. In fact, many maybe shun it because of the debt that their older millennial brethren are taking. And yeah, I get why they say, hell yeah, I want a livable wage working at Target. Don't you see the debt that I have for my degree in business, which I'll never be able to use? It's, it's such a conundrum and I feel so bad for these people. Well, you know, too, that a business plan should factor in being able to pay your employees, the people who are helping keep your business open, the people who are helping you to get a, a, a living wage. The business plan should, should factor in their being able to have a living wage. And, and I think, too, to your point about, about not going to college, we should so be promoting trades and, and vocational schools. Like that's one of the things I love about Penta. I support Penta, um, our holiday baking competition that we do with them every year with the culinary arts students is coming up soon. Um, those kids in, in you know, from, from health technology to, to welding to culinary arts, they have, I think, something like 40 programs at Penta. Those kids get an academic education and a life education and they graduate high school with the skills to be able to to get a job and and to be able to to work towards being able to support themselves i don't want to promise that an 18 year old is you know going to make sixty thousand dollars a year and buy a house but but those those jobs are so essential we've had car problems at our house um of, of varying degrees of magnitude and inconvenience and and somebody who can who can change a tire, something that I can't do, that's priceless. Somebody who can you know who has all these kinds of skills that that are considered say blue collar jobs. These are people who are priceless in terms of their skills and their knowledge and their 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 ability to keep our personal lives and our society going. You can go I to, absolutely advocate for 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 the trades and vocational schools. You can go to Stotzenberger right out of high school or whatever, and within a couple of years, you can go be an electrician or HVAC, and you are making potentially what those people who are in so much debt because they went to school and they're they're older than you, and you're making the money they wish they were making because mm-hmm. you did the trade route. It's there's a lot of broken things and there's a lot of gaps in. In, in our society, and again, COVID has just widened those schisms, and it's been it's been terrible to see so many people be so pained and maybe broken for life. They they really have been. It has been an enormous tragedy. It's it's widened the schism, and it's and it's it's shown and exposed so many things that people knew were going on 
um, in some cases, things that people didn't know were going on and are now horrified, and yet we're still kind of here not knowing how to solve any of it and how to fix it. Like, we don't even have the Band-Aid right now, let alone, you know, putting the Band-Aid on, stitching it, doing surgery. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else on your list? Um, Jewish Book Festival. Have you signed up for the Jewish Book Festival? They've got no. a really, really good lineup this year. I That's was hoping to get news and information from that from our meeting on Monday night. Okay. I am not going to be able to, to get to that, but it's on it's on Facebook or if you go to the Jewish Federation of Greater Toledo website, you can get all kinds of information. They've got they've got a little something for everybody. There's some some mystery. There's some kids programs. I'm going to be leading the uh, the discussion of of a really really lovely book. There's this group in Australia that that has been meeting. I think it's the Monday morning. I don't have the book in front of me because I wasn't thinking when I <laughs> took my notes. Um, and they collect old family, old classic Jewish recipes, and their latest cookbook is all devoted to sweets. Um, there's a book that's very close to my heart about Thurman Munson, and baseball fans will remember Thurman Munson, who was the, the captain for the Yankees. And one of his best friends has written a book about his friendship with Thurman. Uh, Thurman was actually from Canton, Ohio, played for the Yankees, didn't want to raise his kids in New York, and he would fly back and forth. He, he learned how to fly and he flew back and forth so he could spend time with his kids and he died in a plane crash. So, um, so I'm really looking forward to that program. You can get teary-eyed. I, I, I know, I, I'm, I'm teary-eyed. I remember where I was when I heard that Thurman died. Yeah, I know. I grew up watching the Yankees. I know the story. Um, I know the story well from from being a big baseball fan. Jewish, uh, this is the Jewish Book Festival. Um, Lots of food. Jewish Book Festival. Some some alcoholic boozy pudding. Some programs you can. And the nice thing is, is that depending upon people's comfort level, the programs are available by Zoom. But there are some that are also in person, so that if you want to stay home in your jammies, you can. Uh, but if you want to go out and have some hors d'oeuvres and some cocktails or have lunch at Es Chaim, one of the programs is a lunch program over there. Um, there's Because it's a Jewish festival, of course there's going to be food in some capacity, right? <laughs> so there's there's food, there's education, there's fun. There's there, Go find it, go sign up. There's so many good programs. We've uh, we've hit a lot today. As always, it's a good time. I, so I, I won't see you on Monday night? No, I am... Um, I, I joined um, with some of my friends a uh, bad bowlers league. Oh boy! And, and we um, and so the the goal is to you know to be the the I guess the the best of the worst. Um, and of course I'm I'm right handed and I'm still wearing compression tape mm. on my still semi bent finger from surgery in July. Um, so I was all excited to sign up with my friends and I'm like oh that's right I can't I got I get this bad hand here. Um, so I'm bowling left-handed. My high score was 47 at our first session. I'm so proud of myself because I actually did it. And I actually got one uh, semi-strike. If you get a, if you get nine pins down on the first roll, they're calling it a strike. So I got one of those. So you know, my my night was made. Um, we had originally signed up for Thursdays, and then they screwed up our registration. So now it's on Mondays. So I can't let my team down, unfortunately. So. Got to miss this meeting at least. Understood. Understood. I want to uh, save our off podcast talk because we uh, we ran a little more than I expected to, which is fine. Oh, sorry. Okay. But I will I will track you down. And as always, thank you for everything. And um, the Halloween edition, I'm looking forward to everything in the blade. Yes, indeed. So then you can go make the pr- the make the pudding with more alcohol than you included. Okay. Well, it won't set properly if there's too much. So <laughs> I'll find. You can have a shot on the side. Fair enough. I'll do that with okay. my. Bye. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much as always. Bye. Bye.